1: Their pitch is a women's football podcast in collaboration with Adidas. Recently, Adidas, together with the Swedish Football Federation, launched Sweden's new match shirt ahead of the UEFA Women's Euro 2022 in England. Together with the shirt, they published a guide called How to Stop Sweden. And this is a bible for football nerds out there. And if you want to learn more about the Swedish national team and the players, I suggest you take a closer look at it on stopsweden.com. Football analysis is fun and this guide might bring you new knowledge about your favorite player in the Swedish national team. This week's third pitch player is Danish international Stine Larsen. She is a forward who plays in BK Häcken in the Damalsvenskan. Larsen was named Talent of the Year back home in Denmark in 2015 and she started her professional career in the Danish club Brønby IF. She then moved on to play in France for FC Fleury in 2019 and before joining Beko Hecken in the summer of 2021, she also played one season with Aston Villa in the Women's Super League in England. Larsen made her senior international debut for Denmark in January 2015 when Denmark played a friendly game against New Zealand. Although she began her national team career as a defender, this flexible player was named as a forward for the UEFA Women's Euro 2017. But due to injuries on the regular defenders, she ended up playing as one, and she was a huge part of Denmark's su- success, leading them all the way to the final. You are listening to their pitch, and this is the Stine Larsen episode.
2: In the Danish way, uh, it is Stine lason. In English? Stine Lassen Larsen? Yeah. Something like that. Simple as that. Easy peasy.
3: New week and a new Tuesday, which means a new episode. And today we're here with Danish
2: international place Stine Larsson. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Uh, The weather has been better today. So that
3: was good. And we always start this podcast off with a quote from somebody that knows you very well. Mm -hmm. And then you get to guess who you think this might be. Okay. Sine is enormously dedicated and hardworking, which she's proven both during her time when being injured long-term and after that. She came back even stronger, and every day she seems to be 100% determined to get even better each and every day. As a player, she's strong in duels and especially in the air, because her timing and vision in the game makes it hard for the opponent. Her ability to hold the ball with an opponent in the back is impressive. Is impressive while at the same time she's a master at getting the ball in situations where it was thought not possible. She's a genuine team player and you know she'll always give everything she's got. The same goes off the pitch where she always has a happy smile to offer and her very positive attitude reflects on others. Before I got to know Stina, I thought she was a very structured person, but But then she surprised me by being a very clumsy slash confused person in a good way. Although Stine and I may have been on the same team, we've not played many match minutes together. Despite that, we we have still been fortunate to celebrate a Danish league title together and have had many good experiences together in Denmark and now in Sweden. You're smiling while I'm reading this. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It's a nice person I like this person Do Do you know who it is? Uh, Yeah Yeah I think I do Uh, First I thought There's no clues But uh, when you said that In the beginning she thought that I was A really structured person But then she got to know me Then like I realized Okay I know who this person is um, it's Mille Jensen. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Okay, I well, was just looking at your face. I was like, okay, then I have no clue. It is. But yeah, yeah, it must be Mille. But that was really sweet. Like, nice words. Yeah. It opens up and it
3: leaves like, I mean, like, maybe like a positive feeling throughout this podcast that you can bring with you
2: because that's what we're trying to Definitely. get. Definitely definitely
3: Uh, yeah so that was the quote and we want to get to know you and what I think is so interesting about your story is that when you were 12 years old you signed your contract with Brømby right in the Danish league Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how did that
2: come about Um, so yeah I arrived to Bonnby when I was 12 years old and from Skolen, and, um, I, yeah, then I played in Bonbu for 11 years. So it was just like, uh, yeah, I grew up in, in Bonbu, and, um, that, that feels like home. Um, and, uh, I developed a lot. So of course it was, uh, in Bonbu, I got my first, uh, senior contract, um, so, yeah, that was that's the the story about the uh, my my home club. if you can say that you came as
3: a young girl. How was it to grow up in that kind of environment in football and then also finding yourself as a player in person
2: um I've always played with the younger girls. So, um, it was, um, uh, natural for me to like adapt in, in that environment, but it was also a step up for me. Uh, and yeah, suddenly to learn how to be professional, um, that's always a process. Uh, but, uh, I enjoyed uh every day in in Bonnby. uh and i have so many good uh, memories uh, and yeah so many good people in that club so it was just uh yeah it's such a good experience and something i look back with at with um like happiness so
3: just for clarification for everybody listening, you did sign a professional contract at
2: 12 years old? Oh, no, I didn't sign a, a contract. I came to the club and then I signed when I went from the, it's called under 18 to the senior team. So I got my co- contract. I don't know what age that was, uh, but that was later on in my career in Bonby.
3: And then you had you won three league titles mm-hmm. tell us about i mean yeah three league titles i think so you're trying to count them you're like mm-hmm. yeah 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 but yeah three league titles if yeah that sounds right to me <laughs> and some uh, cup titles as well yeah so you've won quite a lot over there is it mm. and and you talk about your memories and and the people over there but what what sticks out the most for you what's what's your
2: fondest memory in the club Mm, that's a good question Mm, i think the best memories is uh the friendships i've got from from bonbu uh i have really like many good uh memories uh from my time as a youth player and also as a senior player but i've I've got friendships that I still have even though we don't play together today, so that's probably the most valuable memories I have from one
3: and then you left after your last Danish league title in two thousand and you talk about the friendships and, you know, Brumby is your home club. How yeah. was it to
2: leave after all those years to France? It was, uh, of, of course, it was hard to leave, but I also felt ready. I felt ready f- even before, <laughs> like uh, I felt ready one year before that. Uh, but then I got injured so even though I had a plan that I want to go and try to play in another league, uh, then, yeah, like some, I was about to say shit happens, but, uh, then I got injured and, um, changed plan, that changed my plan. So I stayed in Bonn for one more year to do my, my rehab and get back stronger so I I felt ready and I had felt ready for a long time so it was really sad and hard to leave Bonby but at the same time I was really excited and ready to you know test myself on another level and you got injured with
3: an ACL injury Mm -hmm. and you had all this going for you how how big of a setback was it for you to get injured and then have to rethink your plan
2: it was tough like that's the toughest thing I've tried in in my football career but also it's been a gift for me because it gave me the opportunity to really work on my strength and and other things that I wouldn't have time to work on if I played uh, football Uh, and I believe that it made me uh, stronger mentally but also like um it made me realize how much football means to me which is a really good lesson even though it's a tough lesson uh but it all it was also a lesson that you have to take care of yourself you have to do um uh, gym even though you don't like it because it's important it it keeps you in the game uh so that injury uh, gave me a lot of lessons but good lessons um yeah so a good and bad thing at the same time and and once you got healthy you joined
3: fc flurry Mm -hmm. did it meet your expectations
2: yes and no uh I, I really liked it there. Uh, I liked France and I lived a nice place and it was a good experience. Uh, the league was as expected, um, challenging and everything. Yeah. All that, um, were great, but, um, I didn't feel as secure as I wanted to be. And when I say secure, I mean, when you get back from an ACL injury, you are still um, afraid that uh, something will happen to you. So you really want to do your prehab and you really want to have good facilities around you and you don't want to play on a, a turf that is, uh, hard like concrete and then play the matches on a soft grass. Um, and that was what we did. And I, I didn't feel safe in that. Um, I wanted a better environment and a, and better facilities around me. Uh, because I was, um, yeah, that was just so important for, for my knee and for m- me mentally. Um, so I could, can perform at, at my best. Um, so it was a, a good year and I learned a lot. Uh, but I also knew that I, wanted something else after a
3: year would you say that you couldn't be the player you wanted to be 100% because you were scared of getting injured again
2: yeah I don't know yeah maybe I just felt that um, I always had something in my back head if you say that in English I don't know (laughs) but uh, it was always on my mind that oh is this bad for my knee or like yeah that was and that's not good when you always have these uh, thoughts Uh so I yeah I do believe that somehow I didn't uh, give myself 100% because I thought okay this should be different like I shouldn't be scared about this.
3: And then you went to Aston Villa in the women's super league and they had just been promoted. Mm. How, how, yeah. uh, How was that? And why did you choose Aston Villa?
2: Yeah. As I, I said, Uh, I knew that it was important for me to have uh, good facilities and uh, be in a good environment. And um, then uh, Eston Villa come up and um, they had this, uh, this ambitions and um, everything and, and a dream if you can call it that. Um, And it was something that I could see myself in. Um, so I was ready to take that challenge, even though I n- knew that it would be hard. Um, for a team that who just got promoted and then compete in the, in the best league in, in England. But I was ready to take the challenge and I believe that I could contribute and, and, and help the team. And that just felt good. So that was why I chose to take, yeah, that decision and, and join Aston Villa. And the, the English league uh, was and is uh, very attractive. So it was something that I wanted to try. And then you came to Sweden. And then I came to Sweden. <laughs> yeah. And that feels good. <laughs> and BK-Häcken. BK-Häcken. Exactly.
3: So you guys came second
2: last season how much of a bummer was that Mm, yeah that was tough uh unexpected maybe just like we we had higher ambitions that than that um but also like it's been a uh, tough year um they turned into big Copenhagen and uh, went into a new environment and a better environment, but still, like you have to adapt into new circumstances. So I think that it was um, it was um, a good performance of of the team and something that we can be very happy and proud about. Uh, but yeah, I won't lie. Of course, we wanted to and as a number one um and we we had the team to do it but we just didn't do it so that was disappointing but at the same time i think we had so much so much success and and we have a a good uh, foundation to like kind of keep uh improving and and build on from from there so
3: yeah has there been any talks now that you guys um, have started training together recently have, have there been maybe not recently when this is released, but uh, <laughs> you guys have started, you guys train together have, has what's the talk like? Do you guys talk about redeeming yourself for this season and winning the gold?
2: So we, we have the team to take the goal. If you ask me, if you ask us we have the environment Uh, we have like the facilities and the staff around us so we have everything to like take the gold so i can't see why we shouldn't um so of course that's what we we aim for and you
3: say that you have everything that it takes to get the gold but what does it take more specifically? You have the players, you have everything, but what do you have to do as a team? You, you have
2: to be professional and we are that in every aspect. Uh, So we just have to have the right mentality and to be professional on the pitch and perform. If we can do that, like then it should be easy. It's not, but I just mean as long as we make sure that we we do everything we can then um I think um it looks positive.
3: And so you've played in four different leagues if I'm if my math is correct which usually it's not but I believe it is this time. Could you take us through the differences between the leagues and the football that you've played, the culture and other factors
2: that play in? Yeah. Um, so if we start with the French league, I was surprised that it was, um, that physical. Actually, I thought it, I thought it would be very technical, which is, is, which it is, uh, but also physical, I would say. Uh, I think that the English league is, um, yeah. A physical league like that. When you think English football, you think, okay, physical uh, football. And that's true. Uh, But also physical, but good athletes and yeah, uh, professional. Um, Technical, of course. Like, I mean, they have some of the best teams there. So, Um, and, I don't know if we look at the gap between the bottom and the top on the two leagues, France and England. I think, uh, it might be smaller in England than in France. Uh, but you can definitely compare the two tops, like, uh, the top teams. Uh, I think they are similar and yeah. I won't say who's the best team. I, I don't know. Um, time will tell, but, um, yeah. And the Swedish league, um, also a good league, league, not as, uh, high level, um, as the other two leagues, uh, I would say, but, um, it, that doesn't mean that the level on the team. So for me, this is the highest level I've played at. So moving to Sweden is actually a step up for me, uh, because that's the best team I've played at. Big Koheken, that's a top team in Sweden. And it would be interesting to, to see that team and some of the other leagues. Uh, I would love to see that because, um, yeah, as I said, this is the best team I've played at with the best players. Um, so, and the Danish league is, is not there yet. Um, it's good when you are younger and want to develop. Uh, but, uh, it's not as professional yet. Uh, I hope it will be in the future. So I hope that was, uh, answer enough <laughs> for your question. That's, an, that's a good answer,
3: but it, it leads me also, cause you say the Danish league is not there just yet. But they just had a big sponsor come in. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, you have to remind me what they're called. Yeah, they have been sponsoring the league in in Denmark for, I think, two years maybe. Yeah, because they they just signed a new sponsor deal with Mm. another three years. Mm. And they are not only going to sponsor the league. They are going to sponsor the Pokal Tournering
3: yeah 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 exactly what what does that mean for the league having
2: yeah i mean but that's what i mean that's really good and it's not there yet but it's growing and getting better uh, and hopefully we will get there um and it's it's so important that we we get these uh sponsorships and investments uh that will help the the women's football growing in in Denmark for sure uh so yeah, I hope that the, the danish league can can be a professional league as well that would be awesome, with that being said, we shift
3: focus from your club career to your national career mm-hmm. with Denmark's national team, yeah in 2015 against New Zealand you started off as a defender mm. but ahead of the Euros you were named a forward mm. how did that
2: come about yeah. <laughs> oh yeah uh, how did that come about um that's true I started as a defender uh, I've played the most of my senior career as a defender um but uh, in Brunby, uh I I have always been the player that, like, if you don't have a left winger and you need a left winger, you put me as a left winger. If you don't have a a, a left back, then I'm the person you put as a left back. I've always been that player. Um, so in one game with Brønby, we needed a striker. Uh, against Colin Hu Uh, so I was the player you put on the top. And, uh, I played that game and I scored four goals. So for the next game, they chose me again against, uh, Fortuna Yang, who is like, Our rivals, like, you really want to win against Fortuna Yang. So I played as a striker uh, and scored two goals. So that kind of like, I realized, okay, this is, this is pretty cool. And I think uh, my coach saw something in me as a striker too. Uh, So from that time, I realized, okay, here's some. potential uh as a striker that I want to chase and fulfill. Uh so that was how it started and um, I kept playing striker for Bondi uh after that but it was a bigger fight uh, in the national team so I continued played a uh, center back in yeah for the, for the for the national team. Uh but right before the Euros we had the chat me and the national team coach where we said, okay, now you're gonna play as a striker, but then you have like competition of course and it's it's not easy, it's tough competition and I was cool about that. And I said, yes, fine by me. So from from that we were sitting in China, I remember when we had that chat. <laughs> um so I played the uh, striker Sensei. But in the Euros something happened, uh, injuries popped up and uh, then I was the next in line for the defender spot. So I, I played uh, most of the games as a defender or the rest of the games uh, as defender in, in the Euros. So that's my story, but uh, I'm a striker now and I haven't played defender for... Uh, many years I don't know how long (laughs)
3: and you see yourself as primarily a striker you want to be up there and score goals
2: yeah yeah I do I want to be a striker even though I've heard many people saying that I should be be a defender
3: you just shut them out you don't listen to them hmm just smile and wave. <laughs> Speaking of the Euros in general, it's coming up this summer in England. Mm. And Denmark so happened to end up in the group of death. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> True. What was what was your instant reaction to, to that?
2: I think I got ready. <laughs> I don't know. Um it's a tough, tough group. Uh I won't lie. Uh but I mean we have a chance and we gonna do everything we can to take that chance and um go through the group stage. So it's gonna be Fun and tough and interesting, but I really look forward uh, to the U.S. I, I can't wait. What has the talk been around the camp, like
3: with, with the players, when you guys got drawn into this group? What was the,
2: the, the reaction of the group? I think the first reaction, you kind of like get eye contact and then then you smile and then you're like, okay, we got this. <laughs> so, Yeah. I think that's the that's the reaction um we got this so
3: yeah i'm hopeful and with that being said with a little bit of hope we just jump into the next section mia
1: millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds many different positions. Because I remember watching you play in the WSL and in one game with Aston Villa you played like... I think you started on the left wing and then you played right hand side fullback and then I think you ended up in that game as a striker. So as a player and like for yourself do you think... Being able to play many positions in the modern football, because we're talking about position and, and they have to manage a lot of roles and tasks and abilities, do you think it's just positive?
2: I think it's uh, positive and negative at the same time. I think it can be your kryptonite. Is that what it's called? You know, where it's like... Um, I think it's been good for many things. Like you kind of learn different, you kind of learn many things. And yeah, in football. And it's always good. Like even though you are a striker, it's good to know how to defend. Uh, so of course, I think I've learned a lot by playing a lot of positions. But when I say it can also be um, negative, I mean that you don't get the chance to like put all your focus on one position and really just dive into that one position. You always have to have many things in your head. Uh, So... I remember, like, I saw it as a problem to play striker on the on my team in Brøndby, and then playing defender on the national team. I don't think that was optimal because I didn't really get like really good at one thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, there is uh, good and and bad things by
1: playing s- many positions. Um, i would say i totally get what you mean by that because that's what i was thinking in my head before i, I asked you that that question but like like you said it can be and i think it always is a good way to be good at defending when when you're a striker because like the defending starts off position with the strikers but mm. Do you think that, like, Mille described you, the fact that you are good at holding the ball, uh, do you think that comes from playing as a defender? Um, maybe, yeah. And I think, uh,
2: the way I press is like something I have from when I was defender too. Uh, and I also think, like, I really, um, how do you describe it? Like, I really find it important to win my duels, even though I'm not on the ball. And I think that's just my mindset from being a defender. Um, holding the ball. Yeah, maybe. And, uh, also, yeah take good decisions even though now it's a long time ago I've played defender so I feel like I have more risk or play with more risk now than I did um, in the beginning as a striker so I th- I think that I've taken some yeah uh aspects of my defending game with me as a striker and used it for for the better i hope <laughs> at least <laughs> that's what i tell myself <laughs> yeah
1: i like to to ask this question to every player coming on to this podcast in your own words describe your role and your position on the pitch from how you look at yourself as a football player
2: um mm, that's a tough question i think it's always hard to talk about yourself <laughs> um well my role how i see myself is um a strong physical player um and like i think i'm <laughs> i'm good at a lot of things, <laughs> but, but not like really, really good at one thing. But I would say that if I have to like say what my strengths are, I would um, say my game in the air and then also that um I'm a team player. I think um that's two of my biggest strengths. Uh, so, yeah, that will be my answer.
1: <laughs> and and with your abilities, what kind of role do you get on a team on the pitch? I mean, like your position is one thing, but your roles.
2: So I'm I'm the strong player. You can pass, and then uh, I will try my best to uh, lay it off, like and then make sure I'm in the box when the cross come and I will uh, do my very best to be uh, on that ball when it, when it come in to the box and do my best. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I would say that my role is to make sure not to lose the ball when you find me uh as a number nine. And then, be in the box, but, uh, I also try to like make the runs, um, and like the runs behind the, the, their backline. Uh, so I think I like to be like a little of everything, like, <laughs> uh, not be too, like, just at one place, if that makes sense.
1: I mean, it, it does make sense. <sighs> but I mean, going back to the fact that you've actually played in four different leagues, uh, and with the the way the women's game game have developed, uh, um, do you think this? Because I I usually say that along the sideline uh, and in the stands uh, and in front of the TV, we are all football analysts. We think stuff. We or we we. Do do think that we know stuff mm-hmm. that we usually don't. <laughs> but looking at the fact that you've actually played in in so many different leagues, mm-hmm. uh, what's your relationship with football analysis and analysis uh, analysts? I think uh, mm.
2: it's something that there's more focus on now than when I started my senior career. Uh, and I think it's a helpful tool. Uh, to improve the game, uh, improve your game and the teams. Um, so it's, I, like on every team I've played that we've used it. Uh, England was uh, extreme. <laughs> <laughs> or at least uh, in Eston Villa. But uh, I mean, it's, it's good because it helps you uh, understand the game better. Um, so, yeah, there's been
1: more focus on it uh, through the years. So what do you need to know about your opponent when you walk out to play a game today that you have learned that you need to know?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to know the formation they play and, of course, key players and, and that stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's always good to know. And, um, also good to look at set pieces. Uh, if there's some areas you can explode or exploit, <laughs> explode, <laughs> exploit. <laughs> and, um, yeah, um, and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I do like all this, uh, when you analyze and all that stuff but I also like that football is a game where everything can happen and so I think it's fine that it it uh, doesn't get too controlled
1: this question then in which tactical aspect do you feel like you've grown the most over your career
2: Ooh, that's a tough question I don't know Uh, What I've learned the most, I haven't learned it yet, but I'm still trying Uh, to how to use my energy in the best possible way. Like don't waste energy on unnecessary runs, like be more effective in your game and the way of playing and running. Um, it might sound, uh, stupid, but that's important that you know when to do your runs and when to like go 100%. Um, that's something I've, I think I have learned, but still something I have to learn. (laughs) I haven't learned it uh, completely yet.
1: Yeah. And this leads me to my next question. How do you train on the, how, how do you train on these things you're talking about now? Like if, if you would explain to a young girl Mm -hmm. playing a striker position on how to, how to be better at the things you just mentioned, what would
2: you say? So what I do, like I watch my games back and see, okay, how, how do I perform? uh how is my position in in this situation could i have been uh even closer to the goal do i have to be this wide like why am i in this position does it do anything good for the player with the ball or like yeah kind of put question to my position on on the pitch but also to see, okay, is there some triggers where I should have maybe start my press, or where I should just have stopped and then waited for uh, another trigger to start my press? So things like that. It's it's really it can be really helpful to watch uh, your games back and analyze and see, okay, what could I have done yeah what went good and what went wrong
1: um yeah so this is kind of interesting because I mean a lot of the players we have had on this podcast usually say that it's it's video that they learn mm-hmm. uh, the best from, but mm-hmm. it's it's an awful lot of talking about numbers and statistic, you know mm-hmm. uh, is there any any metrics? for a striker to 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 really can can you focus on some metrics to improve your own game
2: Mm, yeah I know that there's a lot of numbers except
1: for goal scoring
2: scoring. (laughs) yeah I know that I know that there's a lot of numbers out there and data that you can use Uh, and when I say, like, uh, talk about my positioning, like, that's also something where you can see, okay, you know that this area, that's where you score the most goals. So it's better to stay in these positions than be too wide or I don't know. So I use it in this way, yeah. But I, as I said before, like, I like football because everything can happen and yeah it's like just a a free game or so I don't want it to be too controlled like so I yeah it's a it's a balance between yeah put the game into a box uh, and not doing it and just play um so I don't I don't really use uh, statistics that much I prefer video too
1: yeah I mean that that makes a lot of sense I think um because you can get a lot of stuff out of data and numbers but you have to put it Mm. in a context
2: exactly yeah i mean that's what i'm thinking like context is so important and it's so hard to put context to numbers if you ask me Um, so yeah as you said it's about context and um, that's important to have in mind Uh, definitely uh, and I think it's easy to forget the context when you're just looking at numbers. Uh, so what is a good pass? What is a bad pass? What is a key pass? Uh, like someone have, have to, yeah, judge. And yeah, it's about context.
1: So playing in, in many different league as well. Um, have, have you watched a lot of women's football? Uh, in in the different leagues I mean it's it's a question about how how you get access to them uh, of course but now let's take uh, Sweden as an Mm -hmm. example do you watch the games in the Damalsvenskan not really to be honest I I watch uh,
2: our games (laughs) (laughs) Um, but not the, the other teams
1: really do you have bad access to the games
2: well no not really i mean i'm sure if i just wanted to watch them i could (laughs) Uh, but i don't know it would be nice to like on the national team we have huddle huddle i don't know how to pronounce it but that works great because then we can watch like our training sessions our opponents uh, our own games and that's really uh, a good platform uh, I think
1: yeah and and I mean that's where like you said with with the game uh, in total I mean in the Swedish league it's it's a lot of difference between the clubs as well mm. you know with with mm-hmm. um, I know technical facilities as as well mm. so it's it's kind of uh, i mean i'm not sure that every team in in the domals fans can even has uh, an analysis so mm. it's definitely uh i mean numbers are always important to fans mm. it's it's like that you know, but th- the most important numbers are always what. Place in the table do we have? How many assists have I done? Or mm-hmm. uh, um, and how many games have we won? Um, so it's it's nothing more to it than that. But it's yeah, it's interesting in in the women's game at the moment with how fans and everyone who who just watch games uh, reacts to it because. I just learned. I still say I just learned. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's a difference between a position and a role. I understand. So it's... Yeah, it's kind of hard to just watch games. I've been telling Amanda that because I can't just watch games anymore. No, you have to... Yeah, no. I just can't so sometimes i need a vacation from football just to... I've, I've heard that before i'm not
2: there but i've heard that before people yeah <laughs> you're not it's... the only one
1: <laughs> no it's 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 a, it's a tough life i've chosen for myself at the moment yeah me too <laughs> So let let's just end, end this section with, with this question. What what are your a- aims uh, on a personal level this upcoming season? To help my team winning.
2: Yeah. That's my personal aim. And of course, as always, to develop. Um, but also like have fun while I'm doing it. Um, that's my personal
1: goals for the season or for this year. Yeah, that that's a good answer. I think to to Thanks. wrap up this part. <laughs> I mean, let's jump into the section with the with the questions uh, from our listeners because they have been mm-hmm. quite plenty this time. Okay, I think it's fun. Yeah, both on. Mm-hmm. Instagram and Twitter. Wow, okay. Panilet underscore
3: world on Instagram wants to know how was the experience playing in the WSL? Can you see yourself making a comeback and playing there again? Mm. Um
2: I enjoyed it. It was a really good experience. Um and um yeah I would say that I could see myself play there again, but it would be for a top team. I, I want to be on a winning team. Uh, and I'm on a winning team now in, in Haken, So I'm in a good place. If you could, if you could,
3: pick, you say winning team, but if you could hand pick a team in the WSL, which team would you want to play for?
2: Um, see, that's like, uh, tough to answer that question because right now i'm i'm in sweden but uh, so it it won't be for now it would be late on and uh, i don't know who's the winning team there but uh, time will tell
3: um this same person also says last summer you wore a t-shirt during a campaign when the players in Dalmarsvenskan got to choose one of their role models names to have on a t-shirt you chose, Panilahada. Why and how is it to play with her?
2: <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's a good story. Actually, uh, I I was just arrived to the club, so I actually didn't get the chance to choose a player myself. So when I went into the changing room, I just saw the shirt with the Panilahada's name on my um, shirt, and I was actually pretty happy because she is a really uh, she is a a good role model uh and I could have chosen her myself um, so but I, yeah, it wasn't me, but I was really happy and when I saw that I had her name on my shirt um, but she's a a fantastic uh person and uh player, as we all know. Um, but also, you know, like, she's just a real role model, um, for many of us, I think, because she's, she's just, you know, she has her, her feet, uh, solid, planted on the ground. And even though she is, uh, not a rock star, but a superstar. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, I enjoy playing with with harder, uh, definitely. You said she had her feet playing on the ground
3: and that she's is she, is she somebody you can reach out to considering she's been, been in this for so long because she's also, you know, she scores a lot of goals. Is she somebody you can reach out to and be like, hey, and ask for advice? Sure.
2: Definitely. And yeah. Yeah. I can
1: definitely do that. And she would be happy to help. Uh, but the next question is from f- from from uh, Freya Hoy Vilke. She wants to know uh, what is your best what is your best experience with the national team and a club team? My best experience um is
2: definitely when we won silver with the national team. In 2017. Uh, I will never forget that experience. And that's something I want to try again. Yeah. That must be it. And for club? And for club, it's, um, winning the double with the Bonbu. Just like
1: winning them,
2: yeah, titles with Bonbu. That was,
1: yeah, we're starting to see a pattern here. You like to win. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why I play football. I'm not sure,
2: but I think that might be the reason. <laughs> are are you a sore loser? Uh, no, I'm a fair loser.
3: W. Peter 99 wants to know. I think that's, is it that a Twitter account? It's a Twitter account. He asks, who is the best player you have played with? Um...
2: That must be It Must be
1: it, it. must be so fun to be a Dane. You can always just say that name. Yeah, but that's that's an easy question. I yeah, that's her, definitely. Alf's Nordic fan. How how would you describe the experience of the Euro twenty seventeen? I
2: would describe it as. Um, nerve-wracking and uh, exciting at the same time Uh, it was such a good experience and uh, I really enjoyed every minute but it was nerve-wracking too because uh, yeah as we talked about earlier I played as a defender I uh, we got some injuries and then yeah, they wanted me to play as a defender and I hadn't played defender for more than a year. So to suddenly have that position in the team, like I was so nervous in before the Norway game, the last game in the group stage. Um, but uh, everything went well for the team. Everything went well for me. So it was just like such a great experience and yeah I can't really describe it Uh, many good memories from from that tournament speaking of memories from that
3: tournament, Carmen underscore STDM on Twitter Mm -hmm. wants to know what was the most memorable game of the Euros 2017
2: the game against Germany definitely Yeah, can you elaborate on that? yeah so many crazy things happened up to that game we were pl- like we were supposed to play in the evening uh, but then it rained really bad we were at the stadium warming up uh the rain was really bad and heavy um we played on grass but i think they put grass on top of a uh, uh, artificial grass ground and therefore the rain couldn't like go away from the pitch so there was so much water on the pitch that we couldn't pass the ball like it stopped every time we tried to pass it so uh, people were trying to shuffle this all this water away but nothing happened so the game got postponed to the day, through the next day in the morning or 12 o'clock. And we, we played all the games in the evening. So to like change your mindset and shift to, okay, now we have to play tomorrow uh, instead. Like that's, that's mad. Um, but we did that, but not only did we do that, <laughs> we had to pack all our stuff before the game because if we didn't win that game, we would have to leave, uh, the country. So we had to pack all our stuff, not knowing, okay, do we win or do we not? So are we going home after the game or are we staying? Uh, no one knew. And, uh, then we played this game, uh, 12 o'clock, uh, mentally drained, but ready to play this quarterfinal, uh, yeah in the I think I think in the early minutes they they score and we thought okay this is this is not good uh but uh, yeah went to the the um, half time and in the second half we we scored and suddenly we were in the game and uh, scored to 2-1 against Germany I mean yeah that that was insane, and the last minutes were all about defending uh with all we got left and I remember we just cleared the ball every time we we got it in in our zone, and then they just attacked again uh It was long minutes, but uh it was a a big fight, and when the whistle blowed like that was just amazing and i get goosebumps just talking about it uh, so that was definitely the biggest moment uh when we we um, won against germany just the whole like uh situation and was crazy
1: yeah i mean you're talking to two swedes here we like okay, Germany scores the first, mm-hmm. and then UK, you come back, and then you like defend for your life the last <laughs> the last couple of minutes. We, we know that story as well as Swedes, so I'm kind of picking up on your feelings when yeah when you describe this. <laughs> I'm glad, yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah a good feelings coming up and understand it as well. So this next question is from. At Kun Abd uh, Abdullah on Twitter. As a forward, do you prefer playing as a sole striker or in a partnership? Any preferred formation? And if so, who have you developed the best footballing relationship with? Um,
2: I would say that depends on who you are playing with. Um, And also your teammates around you. Uh, If I have a good relation with the player next to me, I think uh, it can be really powerful. Um, If you can like help each other and you know each other's strengths and use it. Um, But if you play next to a player who's um, an individual player, uh, I think it can, it can be tough and then I rather be alone. Um, formation, um, I mean, that depends on the team you have. I really like the way we play with the national team, three, four, three. Um, because I think it suits the team really well. Um, but uh, yeah that formation only works with the players we have now on the national team so it's hard to tell like what's my favorite formation but I do like the way we play on the national team I do like the way we play in in Hagen as well Um, so yeah that, that will be my answer
3: Okay, well, this next question is from Audrey Ozilite, and they want to know, do you try to incorporate advanced metrics into your game? For example, shooting from good areas with the help of expected goals, and has it made a difference
2: from when you started, for example? Mm, Not really, other than that, of course, I've focused on like where do you have a good chance to score. Uh so I try to when I analyze uh see how I am positioned in different uh situations. But not more than that, really.
3: And that about wraps up the questions from listeners. Perfect. And we're getting close mm-hmm. to the end. We have one section left and it's the disorder. Oh or that. the quick one. Do not think. Yeah, do not think. That's that's where we're at. And we'll start with... When scoring a goal, do you prefer volley or a header? Volley. Dribbling your way out of pressure on your own or play out of it with perfect one-touch passes together with a teammate? One-touch passes. Coming off from the bench in a mediocre game to make an impact to get the win or be in the starting lineup
2: of a losing team? I don't want to be on the losing team. I wanna be on the winning team.
3: <laughs> Causing a tactical foul for the opponents or taking one yourself for the team to stop a counterattack. Uh, Causing, I guess? Assisting a teammate or scoring one yourself.
2: Scoring myself. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and that's this week's episode done. Thank you guys for listening and Cina Larson, thank you for thank you. Thank you for being on here. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. This was fun.